from my house to yours. Welcome to EMS at Sea Level. Today I'm joined by Joel Scutchfield, who leads Co Young in the Americas. Joel, always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, we spoke this time fun. last year and you were pretty newly promoted to your position. So your first full year in charge, it's been a bit of a banner year, 20th anniversary, 20,000 machines, um, quite a quite an impressive year for the EMS industry um, generally. But we kind of go into 23, as you, as you mentioned, with some guarded enthusiasm. Um, how are you feeling at the end of that first year in charge, yourself but also after after such a good year but with with some kind of nervousness in the market sure it's uh it, it has absolutely been a, a phenomenal year phil and uh and i would like to give uh, all the credit in the world to uh to our team uh because mm-hmm. they are the the ones that have uh, have made that happen uh we've certainly been well positioned from a uh, customer perspective yeah. And uh, having the kind of customers that are uh, deeply immersed in, uh, let's just say, what's very hot right now. Mm-hmm. And that uh, has certainly provided us with the opportunity uh, for a record year. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's the team. It's it's all the, the great people that we have here pulling on the same end of the rope that uh, mm-hmm. have helped to bring that to fruition. It's one thing to have the potential. It's a far another to uh, to actually achieve. But um uh, I'm very thankful to them and, and uh, very thankful for, a, um, you know, a phenomenal first year. So, uh, yeah. as you said, where do we go from here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, uh, yes, uh, it's always in, in the Koyong world uh, traditional at this time of year to, to talk about growth for the coming yeah. year. And uh, and once again, we're doing that. We're, we're really not uh, here in the Americas anyway. Uh, overly concerned about some of the things that we're hearing about. And, and that's primarily, Phil, due to uh, conversations that we're having with uh, our customers on a fairly regular basis. Mm. Uh, it's one thing to, to read the, the news clippings, et cetera, if you will, um, which are a mixed bag. And mm. uh, I think for, for everyone that, that says we're, we're going to be just fine here in the Americas, there are there are probably two that uh, maybe disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, but again, I like to think, as we've talked in the past, and, and I think uh, a lot of my, uh, uh, my uh, brethren here uh, in the industry are, are starting to agree that we're, uh, we're in a good spot in this uh, mm-hmm. electronics manufacturing sector. And, you know, starting with the fact that we're, we're building product, um, many of us, uh, Supplying uh, equipment to customers that are building product that are uh, uh, that are items that are being funded, <laughs> which helps, right? Things like uh, EV and, and green, uh, solar, uh, advanced packaging, etc. Uh, but also really focused on infrastructure type products in general. Uh, whereas in some of the other parts of the world, uh, things like consumer, etc., that are, are uh, traditionally affected more by a recession or, or any type of a downturn, um, you know, th- that situation is, is much more prominent. So by virtue of the fact that, you know, again, especially with our, our large EMS customers, we're, we're focused on those sectors that are growing, infrastructure-based, again, 5G, cloud, uh, mill aero, et cetera, all these, all these initiatives that uh, have, uh, have pretty good funding for the near future and, 
and are part and parcel to uh, you know the future of our our, our world, if you will. So uh, so we feel pretty good about that. Uh, that, yeah. that doesn't say that you know we're immune completely, but it feels like uh, it feels like we're in a better space. Most of the people I'm talking to have backlogs, have yeah. full bookings for 2023. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the issue is parts, which which we can also talk about a little bit. Uh, that's up and down as well. But yep. uh, but they're uh, likewise fairly optimistic. Um, yep. So, you know, yeah, I think we're going to go with that. Yeah, I think it makes sense too as well. I, you know, I, I think it's always interesting. We look at we look at what we see in the media in terms of uh, general economic trends, and uh, um, and it's easy to get caught up in that. But what we've seen this year is just such a growth in so many sectors in terms of more and more electronics appearing in the automotive sector with EVs, more and more in medical, more and more in infrastructure, more cloud. So much going on with the rollout of 5G and everything else that it it feels like that's a bit of a buffer for the electronics industry as a whole, which is great. And then when we look at EMS, particularly in the Americas, we're seeing a bit of a, a regional shift with with whether it's reshoring, friendshoring, ally shoring, all these different terms we're starting to hear more right. of now. That's also an opportunity for growth in the Americas. So there's there's some strong counter signals that should, you know, that should ease a, ease any kind of downturn we see. One of the things I really exactly. like, one of the things I really appreciated in your response to the What's the Scoop 2023 trends was the comment you were getting about reshoring plans potentially being if you like blown off course a little bit by by the inability to get talent and that seems to be something we're hearing more and more about even in mexico where we thought you know there were plenty of people people are growing so fast down there particularly in towns like guadalajara that it is hard to get the talent and we are seeing wage inflation how big a concern for the emss you talk to is talent yeah it it really uh, as you as you alluded to, Phil, it, it really hits to the uh, to the specific space that that you're you're trying to penetrate. I guess when it when it comes to finding people, um, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of areas where where we're thin right now. Um, one is is on the production floor, uh, certainly, and and that applies to uh, U.S., Canada, Mexico, and in terms of the Americas. And I think that's the same situation that we're seeing we're seeing globally. Uh, so that's that's obviously a bit of a concern, especially when uh, you know it takes people to start new plants, and, and when we talk about reshoring, nearshoring, uh, et cetera, et cetera, it, uh, it it does make it a little bit different. Some of these uh, those larger EMS uh, folks, in particular, um, have to think twice. In fact, uh, you know, I've been told very directly that you know we have to ensure. Either number one that we can get people uh, to to run a potential plant that we would that we would build uh, in the U.S. in particular and or Mexico, but also uh, to counteract that a bit and and the concern that that might not be possible near term, uh, we need to look at more automation and and I think that's just a, a, a basically a, a a known fact for manufacturing uh, certainly in America. In, in Canada for the Americas, 
in in higher labor content areas, parts yeah. of Europe as well, uh, that we're just going to have to automate more. And, and certainly, you know, the Prince Circuit Board assembly process is already highly automated on the front end, uh, but now we're looking at automation on the back end. And I think that's the that's the next big wave that we're we're going to be uh, asked to attack and and. Those are areas that you know we're we're looking at today. Yeah. The other side of that is the uh, is the engineering force, right? The having the the engineering talent, uh, bringing young people into this industry. Uh, one of the uh, I guess uh, sidebars of the Chips Act is that you know these folks that are going to be receiving the uh, the money for the advanced advanced packaging initiatives in particular. Uh, need to be need to be tied into one of the major universities locally uh, to ensure that they're going to be able to produce uh, engineers and other types of talent to be able to uh, run those facilities. So I've been having lots of conversations recently with both folks on the uh, academia side as well as mm-hmm. the, uh, the the plant side, if you will, the uh, the advanced pan- uh, packaging manufacturers. And trying to gain a little more insight into that, but but one thing is clear: they're they're definitely yeah. linked, and I think that may slow the process just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it's not stopping people from moving full speed ahead. I I, yeah. I think what I'm referring to there is is bringing that completely to fruition is going to take yeah. a little bit more time. But yeah. uh, we're moving think, moving fast in that direction. Yeah, I think the link you make to automation is is really interesting as a way to mitigate that talent shortage. But before we dig into that, I would say that, you know, one of the things that we're seeing EMS companies do around the world is is looking at the way they present their brand, not just to their customers, but to prospective employees and, um, you know, yeah. how they can be the company to work to and work for. And you mentioned earlier how proud you are of your team. Young's one of those companies, manufacturing companies or equipment companies in the industry that people not just like your equipment, they like you as a company and you're a company that they want to work for. And I think that's 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 a underestimated value in a business. You really need to have that culture of team and that culture. You know, your guys work exceptionally hard, but they have fun. It's a there's a real camaraderie within the Co Young team. And I think that makes recruitment just that little bit easier. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think we're seeing a shift, um, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the, the ESG uh, initiative, if you will, uh, social, environmental, uh, we're putting a premium on, on people. And I think this is something that's, you know, being talked about at high levels in, uh, in CEO offices uh, worldwide right now is, as we look collectively for ways to to overcome this but uh you know this this new crop of folks coming in is a little bit different you know, we kind of call them the social generation right the the social media certainly generation and you know their needs their desires their uh, their wants are different than mm. than when people like myself were, were coming into this uh, industry uh, 30 some odd years ago and and even even folks since um you know much more uh, interested in that whole work-life balance, um, communication, uh, you know, uh, accepting of their feedback and input. So I think uh, companies like like ourselves and 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 really all others within the industry uh, would be very prudent to uh, 
you know, to really heed that, that uh, uh, fact, if you will. I yeah. mean, that's really the, the, the situation that we're working with. And, you know, we can be, we can be uh, old curmudgeons and, and say we're, we're not going to play that way, but um, we have no choice. When, when there's more yeah, of them absolutely. than there are of us, then, then we have to change. <laughs> yeah, no, so, absolutely. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think working for a company that reflects your ideals in terms of ESG, and you talk about the social generation, it is social media, but it's that social awareness as well. It's that desire to work for a company that that you know cares about the planet, has a you know a diverse workforce, is accessible to everybody, has so products many, that have a positive impact. You know, exactly. and, so many moving parts. Yeah, so yeah. When you look the at positive. the electronics industry, there there is so much to offer there. There's so much we can do in terms of improving the ESG side of of how the business operates. But actually, most Very of those. So. Most of those products in sustainable energy and and stuff, you know, contain electronics. So there is a, there is a, there's a really interesting impact there. the The other thing that we talk that you talk about quite specifically is the is the um, uptick potential uptick in digital transformation and and how maybe the the post SMT side of that is the most important side of it. Do you see that as something that is on the quite high on the priority list for your EMS customers in 2023? I think it continues to grow, Phil. And I think we we now kind of move into, uh, you know, into phase two. Everybody now seems to uh, have had the chance to, um, you know, get their hands on tools that that provide the data real time. Um, but now it's it's how do we help them do more with it quickly how do we take that next step in terms of uh, the connectivity that allows for self-healing, uh, real communication that is beyond just uh, showing results, but but you know now providing uh, information that can be automatically uh, applied. So it's not a human that has to take that information and go do something with it. But again, I think it ties directly back to what we just talked about in terms of the uh, the labor shortage. Yeah. Uh, I had a customer in, in for a demo here just within the last month or so that uh, he really didn't even want to talk about the equipment. He was confident that the equipment can do what it, it needs to do or what he needs it to do. He wanted to talk about the, uh, the digitalization. He wanted to talk about the software and knowing full well that he's not going to have the, the, the liberty, the, the ability to you know, oversee everything real time on his own. He needs a dashboard. He needs to be able to, uh, from a single location, know exactly what's going on on his plant floor, floor at any point in time across multiple lines. And, and I think that's really what everything's driving toward now at this point with regards to the whole smart factory initiative. You know, we've prided ourselves on, on making our equipment, making our software as intuitive as it can be as, as human less needy as it can be, uh, just from the perspective of, of, you know, ease of use, again, intuitiveness, um, auto programming, auto as much as you can, uh, using AI, et cetera, et cetera. So that just continues to go next level, I think, mm. going forward now, Phil, and, and especially yeah. with these, these EMS companies who, who have had a taste and, and have seen results, uh, but, but their challenges are, are are a little bit different in terms of applying on a mass scale. 
And yeah. I think that's the next step. It's, yeah. You know, yeah, we've been successful, you know, with, with small projects, bites, yeah. right? So now yeah. let's, now let's really broaden this thing. Let's take it, yeah. let's take it, uh, you know, full scale, um, yeah. not only, not only uh, across a specific site, but, but multiple but sites across, across the, the entire program. company. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really exciting opportunity. And as you say, we've spent a lot of time thinking about how we can get the best data, but now we're thinking about how can we get the best insight? How can we make the best decisions with that? And how can we automate as much of that process as possible and make it as transparent as possible? And I think that's where where 2023 is likely to take us and where the opportunities lie. And when I look at what you're doing, and I think it's fascinating what you were saying about the customer talking to you about the software and taking the hardware as a bit of a given, shows two things. One, that you've done a great job because people just know your hardware is going to work. But two, that people are moving to that point where they see you as that holistic, innovative um company that specializes in inspection and that'll help when when we move into that post smt area and there are different inspection requirements you've got pin insertion you've got all those different kind of things where do you see that in terms of product roadmap and perhaps specifically if there's anything new that we should expect at apex 2023 which will be you know the first time the industry is together in the new year yeah, we're very, uh, very excited about that, and uh, and looking forward to uh, what we hope is is going to be a uh, a, a very traditional pre-COVID apex. Let's say, right where uh, uh, you know people are out of masses. Uh, yeah, especially given the the pent up demand. Right, it's it's been a couple of years since a lot of these people were able to uh, to really get out to a show like this. So, uh, you know, there's there's certainly. Uh, the ongoing push uh, year in and year out for us to just continue to push the envelope with our software. Uh, and again, kind of as you alluded to, that's the separating factor now at this point, right? That's that's the piece that will you know continue to separate those of us in this space as we go forward. So naturally, uh, you know, we want to be able to put our best foot forward any opportunity that we have. And Apex will, will give the opportunity for us to do that on a couple of fronts. Uh, first and foremost, with our, our new uh, GUI uh, software uh, that, we've, that we've developed that, that's really designed to, to really streamline the, uh, the entire package, if you will, across all, all platforms. You know, we realized that to go forward faster, you know, we needed to respin the structure, the, the internal software structure. And by doing so, now we can we can apply that uh, to all of the various systems up and down the line. We can apply uh, changes requested by customers, modifications, customization uh, much quicker. Uh, we can do it on a local level using our own MES talent rather than having to go back to the factory. So this is something that obviously we're very excited about. We'll, we'll be giving a uh, a short preview of that. That's it's something that that in, in all likelihood won't be released until the the latter part of of next year. But mm-hmm. but we have enough to be able to uh, to wet appetites, and it's uh, really very impressive. Um, in addition to that, you know we're we're obviously always moving forward with the the KPO tools, Koyong uh, yeah. Process Optimizer. So now the final phase of KPO Printer, which is that 
full control of mm-hmm. the uh, of the printer for speed, pressure, and release based on the uh, uh, the results provided by the diagnostic tool. Yeah. Through the use also of uh, artificial intelligence to be able to to now fully control that yeah. um, that printer that print process, and then of course now moving on to the mounter, where we're providing feedback to the mounter for anomalies with regards to feeder, spindle, nozzle, and even positional X, Y, mm-hmm. that whole self-healing. So again, we want to, we want to make sure that that's, um, that's front and center as well. And then, you know, and of course the, the last major piece will be the, and of course that ties into the whole pre-reflow initiative that yeah. we've talked about Phil in the past. And, and we have uh, very significant uh, plans to expand that in, in 2023. But the last piece is the dispense process, the Neptune. Yeah. And we've uh, we've certainly learned a lot in the last year after really officially introducing it at Apex last year in a, in a show context, if you will. Um, a lot of real-world applications uh, at multiple customers, very challenging applications in high-volume uh, environments, which drive... Uh, certainly, uh, new capabilities, stabilization, uh, respinning, improving, et cetera, et cetera. So we've been able to really package together uh, all of that, that uh, of which we've yeah. learned during that time. And, and now we want to show that. We want to basically yeah. show where we've been able to take that and, uh, and the capabilities that exist today. So, uh, yeah. again, and the most- software-centric, certainly. But uh, yeah. That's, that's, but still, but still, do, still doing what you do on the hardware, which is the important For thing. Sure. And I think the yeah, more places yeah. you are in the line with the hardware, the more value that software can deliver because you have a much more holistic data. I would encourage Absolutely. anybody that's interested in that pre-reflow AOI to look at the Eric Miskell show that you did with um, Patrick um from from matrix that was a a fascinating discussion and a really interesting advocate for that i'll put a link in the uh in the in the video notes for that but i think that was a really interesting one so we're living it for sure yeah so i you know when i when i look at it i think the opportunities the you know the opportunities are there um in 2023 i think you know i expect apex to have a decent bounce i was at electronica a few weeks ago and i think there were 70,000 people which seems like a a pre-pandemic number so uh um, that's, that's healthy yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's i, I think I, that's something I, I think it'll, it'll be a good gauge for us also phil mm-hmm. i mean our plan is to you know stay the course uh through apex and mm-hmm. use that as an opportunity to again further gauge, you know, what our customers are saying. What, what are you seeing now uh, that we're a few weeks into 2023? I know it's going to be early, uh, but you know what's changed since we we were together back in November in Minneapolis yeah. uh, and, yeah. and talking about you know what's going to happen in 2023. Has has there been any change in your business plan? Has yeah. has there been any pullback? Uh, are you staying the course? So. You know, our plan, even as a company, is to basically reassess after yeah. Apex and uh, and then make our adjustments and modifications to any any plans and strategies that we may need to based on on that information. So I think it's going to be very valuable on a couple of fronts. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think is an opportunity for not only us, but but the industry in, in, a, in total to uh, to kind of, you know, 
see, get together and see where we're at, which which way is the wind blowing. Way, yeah, absolutely. But you mentioned stay in the course, and I think that's something that um, Ko Young has always done. When I look back at previous um, uh, previous downturns, particularly the global financial crisis, I know Dr. Ko saw that as an opportunity just to crank up R and D and produce more product. And that is such a such a smart thing. Well, it proved to be such a smart thing to do at that time. So it did. Um, yeah, that, that you know, basically that. burst our AOI uh, tool at the end of yeah. the day, right? And yeah, that, yeah. That and that continuation uh, to invest in R and D is something that I think is, you know, is is really important at this time because while whilst people you know, perhaps are having a bit of a softening in demand, particularly in certain sectors, as you mentioned, consumer, they're still going to be looking harder how they can spend that time and what they can do in that time to improve their performance as a business. So it's a, you know, it's a good opportunity for them to make adjustments in terms of their digital transformation. So, yeah, I think an exciting year ahead. Absolutely. Joe. I agree. Absolutely. We're, We're on the same page. That's good. Pleasure to chat to you. Look forward to seeing you in person at Apex. But in the meantime, thanks so much. We'll we'll talk again soon. Thanks a lot.